Welcome to Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. Hi, and welcome to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am super excited today to have my guest, Justin Mackland. He is a level three apprentice stylist, colorist, and digital ambassador for Schwarzkopf Professional. Um, Justin has been picked as Salon Magazine UK's rising star, and this is all before he's finished fully qualifying. So hi, Justin. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Hi Jodie, thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely honoured to be on this podcast. I've been listening to you for a while now, so I'm so excited. <laughs> um, this just showcases to the power of Instagram and social media for connecting you with like-minded people. I don't even remember how, I think I came across you on Clubhouse initially. Yeah, I think that's right. And then I went onto your Instagram page and I was just literally obsessed. I'm sure I actually dubbed you as my obsession of the week. <laughs> I, and then and I, just for the for the record, I'm not a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I would be happy if you stalked me. I would be totally fine with that. <laughs> um, I just love your vibe, your energy, and I think it's really cool that you have kind of taken the initiative and built out all these really cool opportunities for yourself, even as like you're still working on becoming fully qualified. So for my North American listeners, could you just explain a little bit about what a level three apprentice is, how that works in the UK, um, just so that we all have a little bit of understanding on that? Of course. So a level three is, it is the last level of my training. Although as hairstylists, we never stop learning. So, um, but for like my, my official education, um, it is the last level that I will do in salon. So you've got your level one that you start um, when you do all your shampooing, your conditioning treatments, things like that. Um, your level two is, you know, your dressing of the hair, your basic cutting and colouring. And then your level three is just a bit more in-depth. So it's your creative colours, your creative cuts and your creative hair up styling as well. So, yeah, so I've, I've completed all my colouring units. So I'm now colourist in the salon. I work at Ashoka Hair and Beauty in Aberdeen, Scotland. And yeah, I'm just really excited for the future. <laughs> oh, I am so excited for your future. What you've accomplished <laughs> so far is incredible. Um, so you can you tell me a little bit about how you became a digital ambassador for Schwarzkopf Professional? Because I think this is a really cool example of how much impact you can have if you learn to harness your social media. And I will say your personal branding is absolutely on point. Your personality <laughs> and what you're about is so evident um, on your Instagram page, which I think we should all shoot for. So tell us a little bit about how that opportunity came about. So it was it was a it was a funny thing actually. So I think it must have been about two thousand and 2018 I think it was and I'd started my Instagram page and 
I kind of just wanted to use it as like a blog really to see my my progress with my training really didn't really think much people would be interested about it so it was more more a blog for me to just kind of look back and just reflect on my progress and then I attended the British Hairdressing Awards in 2018 in the November and there was a lady that was sat next to me called Georgina. Now Georgina, unknown to me, uh, turns out she is head of marketing and sales at Schwarzkopf and <laughs> she'd said to me, um, oh do you have a hair page? And I was like, yeah, I was like, oh it's not much, you know, and I gave her my name and she went, oh my god, she said, I follow you already. She said, I love, I love what you do and oh. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> and she said, she and she told me about the SKP Collective team. Now, the SKP Collective team is a group of elite, um, a team of elite hairdressers from all over the UK and Ireland, and we basically want to take back the digital space that is so dominated by bloggers and influencers. And Schwarzkopf wanted to put their their products in the hands of people who love their products the most and know how to use them. Their hairdressers. Love so that. Um, we. They, they held auditions in the April after I'd met Georgina and yeah it was I mean I kind of felt like I was auditioning for a reality show or something I'd, I'd never <laughs> done any I, it was kind of like I, I don't know if you've ever seen Love Island yeah I kind of felt like I was auditioning for something like that so it was quite funny because I'd never really videoed myself on camera so that was a big challenge in itself and because I was just in my second year of training, you know, I, I there was a lot of doubt in my mind. Was you know, are they are they going to take me on? Um, you know, the rest of the team was felt like when we met the whole team, they were all such um, amazing hairdressers who had been in the industry for five plus years, um, or they were salon owners, and yeah, it was a very scary experience. But I remember the day I got the phone call um, to say that I had been picked um out of the hundreds of applicants which was incredible and I ran down to the salon and the salon was filled with clients and all my all my colleagues and I just screamed it was like ah! <laughs> um, and it was just um yeah I think I cried I was it was just the best thing that could have happened to me for my confidence and for my personal growth uh, working towards being a stylist Oh, I can imagine like to have such a big win at such an early point in your career. That is yeah. just so impressive. So I would love to hear like, I'm, I know that you said that you were kind of scared to it. How did you find the courage to feel the fear and do it anyway? Because I think that's one of the biggest um, things that stylists can learn when they want to push their career to the next level is how to be scared because you're going to be scared when you do something new and just do it anyway how did you fight past that so I think I'm very fortunate to well for being scared to audition um that I got past that by I have a really big support network here in Aberdeen and um, my friends my family my bosses everyone is so integral to um to where I am now and they just really believed in me and I just thought, you know, it's now or never, and I wanted. I know, I, I know, I, and I still want to be that hairdresser who is out there and who, who wants to be, to be known all over the UK, you know, and yeah, it was just kind of you just got to do it. And then when I got into the team, we did, um, our induction day where we did some uh, video interviews for the brand, and we also did some digital, uh, workshops, which was incredible because. 
you know, I've never been trained on speaking in front of cameras. So we had, um, I'm sure it was London London News TV, and there was a lady from there, and um, she just spoke us through, you know, how to present yourself on camera, what sort of things you should be talking about, how your camera should be positioned, just little things like that. And we basically got gifted a digital kit, which included a ring light um, and a tripod to put our phones onto. And yeah, we were kind of just let set free into the world to uh, do our own thing, <laughs> which was amazing. So yeah, it was all just practice, practice, practice. And I think the good thing about videoing yourself is you can always go back and edit things or you mm-hmm. can retake your shots and stuff like that. Um, and so I actually prefer going live and like, you know, doing things like this and just chatting to someone and bouncing off one another because I just, I just think... You, you put you in a position where you have to think on your feet and and just chat away. Absolutely. I think the magic comes from the conversations, right? So yeah, that's incredible. where that's where you get that um that's why I always I one of my favorite things is just constantly ask people what it is that they're struggling with, what it is that they want to learn, all of that because I mean we can try and think about what people want to see as much as we want, but there's nothing like getting it from the horse's mouth, I don't think. Yeah, no, absolutely agree with you, Jodi. <laughs> so, okay, I I know that you started um, in hairdressing a little bit. So I started when I was 17. My mom was a salon owner. Um, so I, I went right into it. And I know that wasn't the path that you took. So can you tell me a little bit about, um, A, what you were doing before you got into hairdressing and yeah. what it was that made you want to get into the industry? Yeah, so um, I the city that I live in, Aberdeen, Aberdeen is the oil capital. And mm-hmm. once I'd left school, I didn't really, like, I left school at 16. And, I mean, I had good grades and stuff like that, but I just I just didn't ever know what I wanted to do. I fell into retail work, and I did, mm-hmm. I think I did retail work for about seven, seven years, maybe? Something mm-hmm. like that. And then, yeah, being the oil capital, I fell into the oil and gas industry where I worked in an office. Um, I did a lot of business development for an occupational health company, which was great. We did all the bookings oh, and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, I went from two completely different jobs. I mean, the retail side, um, I loved that job because it was fashion retail. And yeah. I, wor- I worked there so long that I worked my way up to department supervisor, which was incredible. But I, but then now I think about it, I must have been like 20 years old and I was running a team of like 20, 20 odd people. <laughs> so it like, it, like I, weird, look, hey? <laughs> yeah, I, look, I look back now and I'm just like, why did they even take me seriously? <laughs> you know, that's, the um, whole, that's so funny. I remember I worked in retail when I was a teenager and I got promoted to assistant store manager when I was like 16. And I'm like, what were these people thinking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. And then when I went into the office, it was, basically I wanted better hours. I wanted a Monday to Friday job. Mm-hmm. I was sick of working weekends. Um, I wanted a bit better pay. And yeah, I mean, you know, they had schemes like Flexi Friday and stuff. So, you know, you'd go in at eight o'clock in the morning on a Friday and you'd finish by 12 and that was you for your weekend. So, you know, at that age, I mean, I must have been 20, 23 maybe. And yeah, it was just, you know, I was all about the party lifestyle. <laughs> I, I wanted to spend time with my friends at the weekend. And 
Yeah, but then with the oil and gas, there was a downturn in the oil and gas. So Ooh, I lost. Hold on, I lost you for a second. But no problem. Um, I can edit this out after. But can you go back to the last thing that I heard was I wanted a bit better pay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can we restart there? <laughs> yeah. Will I just okay. go? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I just wanted a bit better pay to be honest, and I wanted my weekends to myself to spend with my friends. But then, sadly, there was a downturn in the oil and gas in Aberdeen, and I got made redundant. So I was literally out of a job. And I think I had two options in life. I, I could have went back to retail, you know, where I, where I was a supervisor, and I could have gone back to my management role. But for me, that just really felt like I would have been going backwards in life, and I knew there was something more out there for me. I've always been quite a creative person. I love fashion. You know, I love graphic design, things like that. So um, it was the lady at the job centre um, in Aberdeen who actually said to me, you know, do you want to go to college or anything? So I looked through the college and I was like, oh, hairdressing. I was like, oh, that'll be easy. <laughs> and and how, mistaken, how, how mistaken I was. <laughs> um, but do you know what? I applied for college. I got in. I applied for college, first of all. So... In in Scotland, you can either get a, a position in a salon and get trained in-house or you can go to college and you get like day release and go to salons. But because of my age, a lot of salons wouldn't take me on. They just, they weren't interested because I was 25. Because Your age was 25? Oh my goodness, as if that's considered old. <laughs> yeah, I know. But do you know what? I think it's more to do with a financial um situation to be honest because in the UK they would have to pay me more than what they would have to pay a 16 year old like it's okay. probably about double or triple amount I'm, I'm not actually sure of the figures um so a lot of people just weren't keen to take me on because you know I, I don't receive any funding for my training because of my age um but luckily enough um I did well I applied for a few salons and I mean, some of them actually were mean and they replied to me saying, you know, basically in not so many words, you're too old. <laughs> and oh when when someone says something like that to me, like the person who I am, that just makes me want to prove people wrong. And this was this was my moment and I wasn't letting anyone stop me. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, and it's funny because my bosses, they'll probably listen to this and they'll laugh, but Ashoka wasn't the first salon that I applied for purely because I was terrified. They had been in the business for 30-odd years and they were award-winning. You know, my two bosses, Catherine and Philip, they're in the Hall of Fame at the British Hairdressing Awards. I was like, why? If if these salons don't want me, why would this salon want me? <laughs> and um, And... Yeah, they took me in for an interview where I met Malcolm, um, one of the one of the partners, and he obviously saw something in me that he liked, and yeah, the rest is history. Now they can't get rid of me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they're pretty excited about the decision to, have to bring you on. <laughs> no, no. Do you know what? Um, I I tell everyone they they changed my life. You know, even the person that I was five years ago. I'm just I'm just a completely different person. I'm much more chilled out. I'm a lot more patient. Um, I just ha I have passion and drive now, and that's something that I never ever had before. But I, as soon as I walked into the salon and was introduced to this world of hair, um, I just I fell in love with it, and I knew I had to I had to make it mine, and had to make my own stamp on the on the industry. 
Well, I think you're well on your way to that. And, you know, I, it's, <laughs> as you're talking, I, I always talk about how the most important thing, in my view, is to find a community of like-minded people and to find a mentor. And it really sounds like you've been lucky enough to find that in your salon. Oh, yeah. I mean, in 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 the salon, although I've got Philip and Catherine, I have, you know, I've got several other mentors as well. You know, stylists who have worked there for years, our salon manager, Alison, she's worked there since she was 14 or 15, I think. So that like, you know, she she's put in her years there for sure. And, you know, they all just look out for me so much. And I'm just so grateful. We're in, it sounds cliche, but we are a family. And, you know, yeah, there will be some days that we'll, we'll nip at each other, but that's what families do. Exactly, <laughs> um, my know, family but... at least. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like I always say, I drive them up the wall, but I, I drive them up the wall with love, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So what has been, I, it sounds like you've accomplished a lot in the short, in the short period you've been in the industry. So what's been like your absolute highlight moment? Um, so obviously every time I've passed an assessment and things like that, um, gaining my level two certificate, that was incredible. Um, I just got that last year in lockdown, it came through in the post. Um, but definitely, I think definitely joining the SKP collective team, that was a pivotal moment for me. And it just really, it's made me the person that I am in the year 2021, um, as a stylist, you know, I, I just see the hair industry so much differently to when I first started. And I really know where I want to go in life now. I love that. So what are you, what's your big, where do you see yourself? Like, what's your big next career goal? So my next career goal, well, obviously to finish the rest of my studies. And I really want to give back to the industry of what they have gave me over the past five years. And that is education. And I really want to follow in my boss's footsteps and, you know, help teach teach here at the salon but last year I I can't really say too much about it because I can't really talk about brands names and stuff like that but last year I actually signed a brand my first ever brand deal which was incredible and they want me to be it's a hair extensions brand from America and they want me to be educator for the whole of Scotland so once they've got me trained up fully and after because we're, we're still currently in lockdown in the UK um, so once this is all over, I will finally be on my way to be educator for Scotland for this beautiful brand. Um, so yeah, so I just, I just, I think it's so important as hairstylists to just really give back to the industry what we've ob- obtained already over the years. And if if we don't teach other people how to be hairstylists, then who else is going to do it? What what hope have we got for the hair industry if if we don't have the educators? Oh, it's so true. And I think it's really important for people who are in all different parts of the hair industry and have all different personalities to get into education. The words of advice that I got from my mentor are you only need to be 10 steps ahead of the person that you want to teach in order to really change their lives. And I think that that's such an amazing way of looking at it because I know that for a lot of styles, because we're so we're education junkies, a lot of us, we think that in order to teach, we have to know everything. And just realizing that that couldn't be further from the truth. (laughs) I know, know, right? (laughs) 
I'm obsessed with Chris Moody because I just think he's so, so smart. I love everything he says. And he always says, yeah, he always says that everyone has something that they can teach. And uh, I think that more stylists and, you know, more people in the industry need to really lean into that uh, so that we can make education a much broader and more inclusive um, kind of thing. 100% yeah no I couldn't agree more and yeah as you said Chris Moody is a god (laughs) I love listening to him on Clubhouse (laughs) I'm such a so I go to bed at like nine o'clock at night um so I'm very pleased to have found the UK uh Clubhouse circuit because you guys are on when it's the morning for me so it's absolutely perfect (laughs) oh amazing oh that's so handy (laughs) yeah So, okay, how was, I want to talk a little bit because um, we've had a couple lockdowns. I know that you guys have had lockdowns too. So what has that done? I I can't imagine going through that in my days as an apprentice. What has that been like for you? Oh, it has been so frustrating um, because, so we, when we locked down in March, I had just finished my level two apprenticeship. So I they were looking to put me onto the floor um, to start my colourist column. But obviously that put a big spanner in the works. Um, so, because I should have been done my colour training by the summer of last year. So I would have been ready to ready to go. So when we came back in the July, it was like a race. Like I was just determined to get my colouring unit completed. And I think I completed it in like a month and a half. <laughs> And I think usually I think usually you're supposed to do it over like three months or four months or something like that. Um so yeah, I just, you know, I I got two models in each day and you know, just really worked on it and perfected my craft and passed my exams and then I got promoted to colorist, which was incredible. But the issue with that was trying to build a clientele from scratch after a lockdown because not a lot of people are wanting to spend money. And yeah, everything, I mean, I've been training for this all my life because I've been doing all my branding and things like that on Instagram previously. So it really all did work out in the end. And um, yeah, and I love my clients so much. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So, so yeah, what so that advice? was probably the hardest thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It, it would have been really difficult. Like I said, in the formative, I guess, formative career years, um, having something like that would definitely test your um your dedication and clearly you pass the test. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice would you give someone who is wanting to pursue a career kind of similar to yours? Like get onto the um digital ambassador and brand deals, all that kind of stuff. What kind of advice would you give? So I would always say don't go looking for a brand. A brand will find you. Um you know, I think a lot of people just settle for anything purely so that they can say that they're a brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with that at all because I think there's so many brands out there and you need one that, that fits your brand. So although I'm a brand within a brand, and it, I mean, with Schwarzkopf, it ties in really nicely because my boss, Philip, he is actually a UK educator and ambassador for Schwarzkopf as well. So it's really nice that we can you you know use the products together and we can go on trips together to judge awards ceremonies and things like that um so yeah definitely just really have a think about 
what it is you're trying to portray online and what sort of brand you want to attract. Um, and I would I would shop about, you know, you know, maybe you'll have a job in a salon where they already use a brand, you know, like Schwarzkopf, for example, or L'Oreal or Weller or anything like that. So, you know, you might fall in love with the brand that way. Um, there's just so many ways to look at it. So what I'm hearing, too, is that the importance of having your own personal brand, because yeah. I think that is absolutely crucial, um, because that's what's almost going to be your guiding you know, your North star in your business. So yeah. once you realize what's important to you, what you stand for as an individual personal brand, you can make choices and, you know, choose partnerships ships a lot easier. So I think you're a really great example of like, you're, you are a commission, like you're in a salon, you're not an independent stylist and you're working with a major brand and you still have a very strong personal brand. Yeah, I mean, it was really important for me because our salon is probably one of the biggest salons in Aberdeen. So there's a lot of us that work in the salon. And it was, I kind of just had to think to myself, what is my unique selling point? And in the salon, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the girls will agree. I am the loud one. You know, I, I'm the campy one. I'm the outrageous one. And my branding that I had been using previously always just reflected the salon, which, you know, was very sleek and polished. And sleek and polished is not me. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm just, you know, uh, even like through my the clothes that I wear, you know, I'm always outrageous and eccentric. And I just really wanted to channel that through because I, I'm a strong believer in, you know, your brand and, you know, your social channels. Are, you know, that's like your catalogue for potential clients to see who they're going to be coming into or, or if they would like to get their hair done by you and I've attracted so many of like this like similar personalities to myself as clients and um, we we just have such a laugh like I'm I'm sure I probably get a few funny leaks in the salon when we're when we're chatting because it's you know we're always laughing you know there's never a moment in the salon that I'm not laughing and smiling because I'm just so happy with what I'm doing and I'm doing something that I love with people who I really relate to. See, and that's so, that's such a good point. I love that because by shifting and becoming more yourself and representing that on your Instagram, that's how you're going to get clients who are really like, that's how you're going to get your ideal clients coming in. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's the whole thing that I always say about branding. Like it's not about creating something that's not authentic. It's about harnessing who you are, what you stand for and learning how to communicate that to your ideal clients. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jodi. So, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who oh, are the no. three people <laughs> <laughs> Who are the three people who have been the most influential to you in your career? Oh, well, so I, I absolutely, can I, can I make my bosses one person? Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> both, both of them for sure. Uh, well, actually all three of them, Philip and Catherine, they're the hairdressers um, who have taught me everything I know. And then Malcolm, he's the business partner at Ishoka. Um, he, he just really makes me look at things in a different perspective, like from a business side. For example, if brands are trying to poach me and I'm like, yeah, because I used to be such a yes person. And right. Malcolm would just be like, you need to learn to walk before you can run Justin. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's just like, you know, you know, 
um, I think these people are trying to take advantage of you. So you know, he he's very good like that. So I'll yeah. I'll put them as I'll put them as a collective. Okay. And <laughs> influential people, Daniel Granger. Um, he is a very good friend of mine. He's a celebrity hairstylist from the UK. Um, and he gave me my first educating opportunity in the first lockdown, actually. Um, to, to He was basically put on free education for apprentices every Monday, and he invited me to go on to his YouTube channel and wow. chat to them about branding themselves within, within a brand because it's not something they teach in college here to hairdressing students. So, um, uh, yeah, I was really grateful for that opportunity, and I made a lot of new online friends, which was incredible. Oh, I love that. I follow him on Instagram. He is amazing. Yeah. Really talented. <laughs> do you know what? He's just so motivational and just the way he, the way he, his mind thinks, it just amazes me. Um, so yeah, I've got a lot of love for Dan. And I think my third influential person, ooh, oh, it's hard to pick. There's so many of them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can possibly single people out now. <laughs> I, do you know what? I'm I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave it there because I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> okay, sounds good. I did put you on the spot, so and technically yeah. you gave me. Technically, you gave us four because yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Um. Okay. So, what are the um? What are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Like, what? Where? Um where have you drawn the most kind of inspiration along your journey? Um, it sounds, it sounds like, like an ordinary answer, but probably Instagram, to be honest, because, because I've been so active on there, I'm seeing like, and I follow a lot of hashtags and stuff. That's how I've discovered a lot of, a lot of the people who I really look up to now. And, you know, especially like magazines, Instagram pages and things like that. They're constantly posting, you know, people's photographic work and stuff um, and platforms like Hair Club Live and how to cut it. And yeah, I, I would probably say most for the most of it, social media. But I do like being old school and I do love, you know, watching like fashion documentaries or um, in magazines and things. You know, I, I do quite like to go old school with that and make mood boards and things. I love that. <laughs> mood boards are so much fun um and I love what I you know. say about about social media because that's that's how I think you should use social media like yeah. it should be curated to be a source of inspiration right so that Absolutely. when you're going through it you're kind of it should lift you up um yeah so okay so what is if you had to give somebody one someone coming into the hair industry one piece of advice what would it be just my salon manager, Alison, always told me from the start, fall in love with every single process you learn, because if you fail to fall in love with what you're doing, you're never going to be successful in, in this industry. And if you're not in love with it, you know, find, you'll need to find something you are in love with because you'll never be happy. Does that sound good? <laughs> that is that's amazing advice. You know, I remember, <laughs> it's funny actually, because I remember my dad telling me when I was probably like 13 or 14 and, you know, just talking about like, oh, what am I going to do for a job? I'd already kind of decided I was going to be a hairdresser at that point. Uh -huh. um, and he, I remember him saying that you should find something that you're in love with and then find a way to make it pay. So yeah. 
I think that that's like super parallel advice. And that actually sticks out to me as probably the best advice I've ever gotten. So, yeah, um, so yeah I love that. Um, <laughs> all right. Where can our listeners connect with you online? Where can we find you? So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, um, all under the same name. So it's Justin at Ishoka. Um, so that's spelled just my name, J-U-S-T-I-N-A-T. And Ishoka is I-S-H-O-K-A. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you one last question. What uh, is your guilty pleasure? Oh, like cheesy girl bands, Little Mix and Spice Girls. <laughs> Girls Aloud, I love oh! them all. I love that. So funny story. I remember I lived in England when Ginger Spice left um, the Spice oh, Girls. when she broke our heart. Oh, <laughs> I was on holiday in, uh, where was I? I think I was in Puerto Ventura. And I was walking down the street and I saw it on the front page of the paper and literally broke down in tears. <laughs> oh, so. yeah. I remember it very I remember it very well. So if you're listening, yeah. Ginger Spice <laughs> We're still not forgiving you. <laughs> yeah. All right, well thank you so much for coming on the show today, Justin. You've shared some really amazing knowledge and I think you're just such an inspiration. So oh, don't I'll cry. Thank you so Aww. much, Jodie. It's honestly Especially. I've had so much fun. <laughs> it has